Right, well, that was quite some cheery music for once because it's been fairly old bagpipes and sombre music all week, hasn't it? <laughs> we're, uh, we're, uh, we're recording this just, just the week after, obviously, Her Majesty's funeral. And we were planning to do this last weekend, but we kind of decided that uh, in, in due deference to the to the monarch, um, and uh, yeah, it was quite a weird. It's been quite a weird week of saying that everybody's saying that it was like Christmas without the presents on Monday, wasn't it? Everything was shut and yeah, uh, kind of stuck in the houses and things. Although Nick, I understand you went to Saltburn for the afternoon. Did in the afternoon, yeah. Cut me yeah. on it, morning. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So good evening, gentlemen. Are we all right? Yes, fine. Yes, been a strange, strange, very strange week, hasn't it? Off a bit surreal, didn't it? Really. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad of a weather spoons off on a Monday afternoon, bros. I thought you'd been out at Royal Listening. Went to White Hart in uh, North North Allerton. Well, they're all family good for tourism, bros, but I just didn't see why it had to last 10 days. You know, especially when she was 96, 97, it was expected. Why the whole country had to come to a grind and stop for 10 days, I just... Sorry, I couldn't understand it really. The setting was my, my uh, sister in law works in Marks and Fences, and she said on Sunday it was absolute madness. Said oh, by yeah. about three o'clock, every shelf had been cleared. Like, you know, I mean, it was a day, wasn't it? In fact, most shops opened again at five o'clock around us. A lot of the supermarkets, yeah. the, the Tesco Expresses, they all opened up again at five. Yeah, that was the problem. People were just like just emptying shelves, you know, like buying seven loaves of bread and like 12 bottles of milk. It's like, <laughs> very strange. We're, we are we're quite a strange race. Yeah. Sure, I think yeah. it was a vast economic boost, though, for lots of things. I mean, anybody been in central London has been in Edinburgh, but they were saying well, that. The cash flow for the airlines across the Atlantic has been bonkers. So even in yeah. death, she was, you know, raking in a fortune for us. And the florist must be absolutely... Uh, <laughs> it must be the Caribbean at the moment, enjoying, because I mean, the amount of money spent on blooming flowers. I mean, anyway, let's get back to drinks and brewing. So yeah. it's been a couple of weeks since we kind of were last on. So we did mention that we had... Uh, I think we, we just kind of that, had that weekend or that day before. Um, we just actually met up in York, so... We're going to kind of catch up with that, really. We we, we began this debate discussion ooh, way back. I was checking the day. I think it was back in episodes kind of eight, nine, when, again, we were deep in lockdown back in um, uh, kind of early 21. And we were talking about York and we were talking about... It took us three podcasts to... I think we covered about 45 pubs out of the legendary 365, which there are in York. And we started to talk a little bit about breweries and it just got me kind of thinking about beer in York and brewers in York and we've kind of come back to it so there was a I had the August bank holiday free Nick was working Bruce was uh, available so I, I headed up to York and spent a, a couple of hours on my own just having a look for some of these lost breweries uh, met up with Bruce and his daughter Evie and then we met up with Nick uh, a bit later on when he finished work so it's kind of a podcast of two angles really one is to talk a little bit about York and breweries and, and some of the old pubs and also just to, to again reflect on our catch-up um, I went to my I went to my well not my first but I went to a new pub in York for me which was Valhalla which, which Bruce kind of dragged me in kicking and screaming slightly so we'll we'll talk a little bit about Valhalla um, we also managed to get the Phoenix, which again I think will be my choice of a pub now in New York at the moment. Yeah, um, been there. So that's the plan. Um, so as always, we're, I've, I've only put beer highlights. I say it's been a funny week, really. So and then I know Bruce, you've had a couple of trips out, and it's been out a couple of times. Yeah, nothing too heavy. Well, sadly, it was a bit heavy in this case. So to, to, I mean, when it's the weekend started off, I went to the Institute Brewery Tap at Castle Marble. That was lovely. Nights drawing in, so that was lovely. That's Friday night. Then on Saturday, we went out to uh, Linton Lock, which I've never, I've been to Linton before the village pub, but never to Linton Lock. It's quite a proper, it goes between York and Ripon. If you have to go to a narrow boat, go between York and Ripon, you'd have to go 
Violet and Lock and the old bookkeeper's house is now a sort of um, cafe come pub with a few locals in. Uh, really good old cooked food and very inexpensive by these standards. And you can sit over the lock, but uh, lock, I'd say, was a bit smelly. Um, but not a great choice of peas, but it was a nice place to be. And afterwards, we went to the Darnay Arms at Newton and Ouse, where I've not been for many, many oh, yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, that rings a bell. That's been... Um, Sort of gentrified, but very, very nice. I think on a dark night with the fires roaring, it'd been fab. Fact, she said she lit the fires for the first time the night before. And um, I know when day me and Mike were out, uh, we're talking about we had a wow, the wonderful pint of landlord in the Phoenix, and we were saying, Oh, this is the best pint of landlord I've had in years. Um, and actually, I had one at the Fox Stocks on Forrester a couple of months ago that was great. And then the pint at Newton on Ooze on Saturday was absolutely superb. And it seems to be a bit of emerging trend now that um, seems to be getting a lot better. We've all talked about disappointing people the last couple of years, but it certainly seems to be turned to something like the landlord of older early. Did yeah. you have a little punk clips to say they've been awarded that um cast mark award yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was great. So fingers crossed um and we will have to get that new uh, tales on the green public key yeah. as well. Yeah. That'll be quite there to see. So that was uh, Saturday then on Sunday unfortunately uh, it was a bit of it was a bit of a black day in this household uh, in terms of the the um uh, the damaging repercussions too much beer can do that uh Sunday <laughs> yes yes it's yes well, i'll leave that there then and then <laughs> you've been to you've been actually a couple of weather spoons and up to your normal old molten royal oak. yeah i had a lovely lovely pint of uh weekend just had a quick walk up uh to royal oak i had uh bootleggers on from hamilton that was cracking mm. it was a fruity ipa lovely um say so dropped in a weather spoons in north allerton uh, Saltair Blonde on in there. I can't remember what else they had on in there, but that was okay. Steady on. And then last night, Steve had... Uh, they were all very much the same, actually. He had Puck, uh, which is uh, Half Moon, York. Mm. And he had um, Black Sheep are doing quite a few different ones for the 30th anniversary. So they had a couple of those on. But they were all very much more of a pale last night and a, a bitter... Yeah. Yeah. Bitter pale, which uh, I tend to like them a bit sweet, a bit fruitier. Uh, but tonight I'm on um, Meantime London IPA, which uh, it wouldn't have been my normal choice. But so last time Jackie went out to London, uh, she had a bit of a train delay, and they're either moving the Marks and Spencers or the Waitrose on King's Cross. So instead of shifting all the stock across, they were basically selling it off. So she got me a couple of bottles. She got me a bottle of Atlantic. Uh, Sharp uh, Atlantic Ale, and I think she paid 65 pence for that, and oh. she's paid 75 pence for this meantime. She said, oh, well, I thought I'd get you a couple of, like, normal strength ones. I said, well, this is 7.5%. Um, so first time I've tried it, uh, yeah, you certainly don't want any pints of it. It <laughs> is quite complex, and it's yeah. quite thick. But for 75 pence, um, can't yeah. go wrong, really. Now, they're owned by Asai, aren't they? The same as Fuller's now, because they bought, I think they were the first one they bought out meantime. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I'm on I'm, I'm, I'm on something new as well. So it was my birthday, was it last week? So um, I've had quite a lot of beer. So such a long brother-in-law bought me, they bought me a pack of some very nice Tenby beers, but they've also chucked in a, a vocation, a limited edition honeycomb chocolate stout, which is probably not what I'd normally kind of go for. But it is drawing in tonight. It's going to be cold apparently this weekend. Must have we lit our fire, I think, a couple of days ago. So I'm going to be trying that. Um, yeah, landlord Bruce. I, 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 I we were in my, in this. We went to Nant, uh, Nantwich for a day. Ooh, was it last weekend? Weekend before, and that, again, 
found a cracking well it's not I didn't find it it's been there forever but the crown inn which is like a really old coaching inn red you know black and white timbered 16th century and in fact they had three cracking beers on so add that but then we went for a meal in a uh, vintage gin in the Adland Lord, and I've got to say it wasn't anywhere near that pint I had in the Phoenix in York. So mm, we'll, yeah. we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, five, <laughs> what what were you paying about a fiver in a vintage gin? Wasn't yeah, I think he was actually. I mean, obviously, I got me twenty percent off. So with me uh, M and B vouchers. Um, mm. Bit of news, obviously, the big news again that was it's yeah. like old now. It's been quite quiet this week. The, the Queen is that. Um, the news came across first of all. Obviously, that we'd already heard that Heineken were going to close the Caledonian Brewery up in Edinburgh, and we I think we talked about that. Uh, and now um, Calsberg Group announced that they're going to close Jennings up in uh, Cumberland, uh, sorry, in Cum- Cumbria, in Cockermouth, and Onik, you, you're, a, you're an advocate of Jennings. Um, and then, and then I, I don't know if you guys have picked this up, but the other big hoo-ha at the moment is Molson Coors. Uh, I've just announced that within six weeks, they're shutting the National Brewery Centre. What a shame. They want, they want to move their headquarters in, into, the, into the brewery centre. Uh, they claim they're going to find an alternative, but like everybody say, well, you know, I mean, Bruce, you know, it's a oh, proper brewery, isn't it? And you know, the, yeah. the whole point is, you know, the Shire horses on the ground floor. There's a tower it's brewery. Like... There's the vats. How the hell are you going to find an alternative venue for that? So there's Roger Prots is is really kind of onto that as well. But again, you wouldn't you, wouldn't you wouldn't move your headquarters in there because it's an old building. So that's well, that's, 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 that's <laughs> BS if you ask me. If you're look, if you're in an office and you're in headquarters, you go into a modern building on an industrial estate somewhere. You don't go into an epic traditional building like that, do you? It's so it's just just an excuse, if you ask me. Uh, uh, and again, that kind of got me thinking again. Not just there about Molson Coors and, and and who owns what. And again, just again, some of those beers that are brewed everywhere. So M- Marston's Brew, Wolverhampton and Burton, Ringwood in Hampshire, Hockermouth, uh, Jennings, Whitney, Witchwood. Charles Work, Charles Wells, Eagle Brewer in Bedford, yeah. uh, Young Courage, Bombardier. You know, it, it's it's funny. Actually, I've been listening to a podcast tonight that Roger Prots did in 2016, and he was saying this that this is what's happening. These big, the, all these big brewers now are worrying because their their market share is 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 changing. You know, people are getting fed up of macro lagers and and keg beer, and actually cask beer is on the up. Is it micro breweries? It's it's a boom, mm. and because they see that, and so what they do is they just buy them out. So that they can control the market, and there's still talk, isn't there? That in- Inga Brew and um, the other one is it in, in-, in Brew and AB? Is it? They're yeah, still yeah. talking about merging together and just creating this absolute yeah. megalith of an international brewing. And like he says, all the- they'll just go to the bottom level, won't they? You yeah, know, they- he was saying that he- he'd been looking at lagers that Budweiser Budvar still has 90 days lagering before they let it leave the brewery. Whereas a lot of like the you know the the Czech built Czech beers that we drink now, if they stayed 21, 21 days in the brew, you'd be lucky. And he said that's what happens. They just, just cut the you know everything gets cut. We've talked about you put rice in, you use rice rather than milk. It's cheaper. So anyway, that's uh, yeah, not not good. Uh, and then linked to that a little bit, I know I mentioned these again. I did a little bit of a podcast a few weeks back on Macclesfield. I talked about two cracking little micro bars in Macclesfield, the, the treacle yeah. tap. And they have a little, they had a sister pub in Congleton uh, and the wet lead bar. I mean, that wet lead bar was absolutely heaving this afternoon. We, we got the oh. last two seats in it and then they just both shut. Um, so they did reopen. In fact, I was there just on COVID and I said they were, okay, trickle tap was quiet because we were there very early on Saturday. But yeah, all of a sudden, Macclesfield lost two cracking venues 
Um, mm. And linked to that, of course, the, we already mentioned that the uh, Cheshire Brew House that that closed as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit alarming, really. I just I came across this, guys, and I just thought, wow. So again, for those on YouTube, you probably won't see this, but oh, we nice. talked about the hopping in yeah. York um, down Fosgate. And again, we all kind of rate it as a really, a really great pub. It's an Osset pub. It was a former Italian um, restaurant. And again, there's just a fantastic picture there. It's quiet. It's it's a when we like it, Nick, in it there. You know, we'd get in that window seat there, wouldn't we? That you know, yeah. a nice kind you of. You always get a yeah. always get a seat in there because it doesn't really look like a pub from the outside. And there's That's so many true. other eating yeah. and drinking places yeah. down that street now. Yeah. That's it's it's one of my favourite pubs in York because I know I can always get in there, get a seat. Yeah. Beer's always good. Uh, they have a blackboard with what they've got on there. Yeah. Uh, lads behind the bar are normally quite knowledgeable as well. So, and I was told last time I was in there, Bruce, that they will accept the camera card for the discount oh, in there. That's good, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, I don't know why you put this up. Loads of loads of breweries, and I've got a picture of a Titanic. I'm now doing cask lagers. Just be, we've just been kind of moaning about lager, but that mm. seems to be the current trend. So, miles gone. You know, dippers have gone. And I say, everybody, anybody who's any good at brewing at the moment is is brewing lagers. So, Titanic are just launching a cask at the end of lager. But I've mm. seen quite a few breweries, and I think they often say that you know the, the test of a great brewer is making a great lager. Because it is quite difficult to do to get the balance right, and obviously the you know to lager it for however ninety days or whatever you're going to do it. So yeah, yeah. maybe something to look well, out for. Really, cask lager. Well, a lot of them have been doing the hellers, haven't they? The mm. hell hellers uh, uh, style uh, lager. A lot of uh, cask cask. Yeah, well, they're still serving those through through you know through a uh, carbonated pump, whereas this is you know hand pump lager on the bar, which I think right. is, will be interesting. I'm not not I'm not actually seen any in the pub yet, so maybe keep an eye out for that and kind of. I have a look for that as well. So I, I should test you guys really because Bruce probably would get a few of these. But um, w- the point of the podcast today is we've we've said this before that York's had this um, myth that there's a pub for every day of the year, and it's not quite true. But there are certainly something like 270 pubs within the, the walls of York. And we discussed some time ago. I think we were talking about York Brewery as well at the time, which obviously has decamped across to Massam, in that. For about York, York had a very big brewing industry in the 1800s, and then all of a sudden, towards the end of the 1800s, and we're moving to the 20th century, it just almost disappeared. And in, and indeed, for 40 years, when they closed Hunt's Brewery down just after the Second World War, for over 40 years, not not a pint of beer was brewed commercially in York. That's and you know, say it's the seventh biggest city in the country. And has got a great drinking <laughs> You know, people have been drinking York since, you know, the early, you know, when the Romans arrived. Um, and we we had a few speculations about what that might be. And we'll perhaps come to that in a minute. And that's got me on a bit of a mission to try and think about that and putting a book together and spending quite a long time in the library and stuff. So, yeah. So just for, again, if you're on YouTube. So probably the most famous brewery in York was Hunt's who, again, were the long, longer lasting. And they were down by Old Work, Bruce, were they down by kind of Monk Bar, you know, York. Uh, Johnny Hunt, yeah. Johnny Hunt. Yeah, they were down there. I mean, the, the, the homes that the brewery workers lived in, the um, Huntsbury Arms Houses, they're still there in immaculate condition mm-hmm. on Fulford Road. Um, yeah. uh, great. Um, but unfortunately, the, there's no sign of that. I mean, Hunt, the brewery. It was, it was bought by Camerons in the 1950s, I think. They brewed for a little bit. As always, they said they'd carry on brewing. And then they didn't. Um, and then they finally demolished a brewery in about the seventies, I think. Hunt's chimney, I can remember it, and you guys probably can, because it was near the uh, the John the, the was it John Bull. You could see the old Hunt's chimney yeah. down there. Um, but that was demolished, and it's all houses down that that end of uh, 
all of that. And you've mentioned that before, Bruce, because that was where the Irish kind of ghetto was, wasn't it? Around that area when yeah, the railways was, um, came to talk. Yeah, that was Fosgate Warm Gate, really. Yeah, um, yeah. And then a little bit around the old bed and bit as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they were the notorious ones. I think... Uh, I think the most vast amounts of people. I mean, same bedding. It's only a, a street of you know, a couple of hundred meters, and they're insane. Yeah. There's something like eighteen hundred people yeah. coming in that room in almost the original housing, multiple yeah. occupancy. And because they, they were all here from the railways, room. obviously York became the railway centre of the north of England, and that's what they were doing. But Hunts always used the Minster as their kind of their marketing. So on their bottles and on their thing, you don't see it. You don't see many Hunts. I've oh, seen yeah. a few, you know, beer trays, but they're maybe mm. not much as you thought really uh, ashtrays yeah uh brett brewery was another fairly big brewery they didn't maybe not quite as big as hunts um and again there's a there's a link here if you go into the star inn which is quite a famous pub in york it's not that great um down uh what's that is it petergate isn't it where the star inn is um there is a still up there one of their old windows actually in the pub um we talked about the tadcaster tower brewery because they oh. were hothams initially in york yeah. Um, and they were bought out by this mad, well, not mad, but three old Etonians, apparently, um, who, who were kind of wanting to get into brewing. And they quickly moved the brewery out of York um, down to Tadcaster. And, of course, Tadcaster Tower Brewery is still there. It's one of the three breweries that's still working in Tadcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a, we were a bit kind of downtrodden at one point, um, Bruce, because me and you and Evie trod, trod around quite a bit and not found much. And then me and you would never come across this place. Oglethorpe is a very interesting, obviously a very Viking name. Oglethorpe is a is a lovely little street that had anybody ever goes down, kind of near the Minster, but off the kind of main thoroughfare. Mm. And and there is still pretty much um, a whole brewery down there, which is now very posh apartments, which I'd never seen, and you, I don't think you'd ever seen. Um, and that was where March's brewery was. So we're going to have a look at that as we go through as well. And then the other thing I picked up as well is that down near in Clementhorpe. And where there was once a brewery and near the slip-in, um, I'm going to show you the malting shortly, there was a botanical brewery, very much like the um, Fentimans in Hexham. And apparently they were as big as Fentimans in uh, Hexham in the northeast uh, in their heyday. And that was Sink- Sinkinson's, which was a botanical brewer. Um, didn't brew any alcohol, but brew all the ginger beer and the sarsaparilla. Yeah. Uh, and they had quite a big, big outfit, apparently. So that's kind of the, the kind of plan that we're going to be looking at, really. So we mentioned York Brewery a few times. York Brewery broke the duck. And in the, what was it, uh, late 80s, early 90s, I think, when they began brewing um, and got a premises in Toff Green. And I know Bruce, you used to spend quite a few hours in the, uh, it was, it was, was it a social club? I kind of got my head Yeah, anybody could join. You just had yeah. to, um, it was a very reasonable fee, and you got a good discount on the beer. It was really, really comfortable because the beer was fantastic as well. Yeah, sadly, all gone now. Yeah, so they obviously did. I mean, they had a fairly good run. I think they had what 20 odd, maybe 30 years of brewing in yeah, York, yeah, yeah. Yorkshire Terrier and, and uh, Centurion, and um, what else? Guzzler, Guzzler. Um, and they yeah. won some awards. And again, the brewery was a great place. I think you mentioned Bruce, they were doing loads of brewery tours kind of towards oh, the end. Really? It was a really popular day, yeah. It it's close to the railway day. station, so it was great. Um three, pubs, did... three pubs in York when it leads to the peak, yeah. Yeah, I was reading that when Black Sheep bought them. So uh, long, well, short story long. Um, they went to administration, didn't they, in about the whatever it was, yeah. Um 90s to the 2000s. Initially they got bought out by it was a Lancaster brewery, was was it Mitchell's of Lancaster? It was Mitchell's, yeah originally bought them out and tried to keep on brewing. That didn't work. Mitchell's themselves went into administration. So Black Sheep came along and bought everything out and bought all the, obviously the brewery, the, the names, etc. 
And they, they did apparently want to carry the brewery on here in York, but the landlord, who the brewery, you know, was, they were renting, just would not engage and didn't engage for almost a year, apparently, with the brewery. This is all on the Black Sheep website, actually, if you can have a look. Yeah, um, yeah. And in the end, they said, look, we just, it's, you know, we, what, what can we do? And then eventually they got then a huge rate rent increase and also a lot of liability to actually repair the building because obviously it was, wasn't in a great state and it was just wasn't viable. So they up sticks and took all the brewing and everything across to Massimo. It's the course. same landlord who were uh, rented Brigantes. Ah, Brigantes. right. Yeah. That was actually go through from Brigantes to York. Yeah. It was like a secret yeah. door. And they are, they're both, they're all stood empty. Yeah. It's yeah. a shame. I, you know, I think it's been empty a while now, so what else state it would be. And of course, Black Sheep do keep saying that they are still keen to get back to York, but who knows, in, in, you know, where we are now. Um, I don't know. So what we talked about back in whatever it was, episode nine, and we all kind of threw in some ideas. Why was it that such a fantastic city, you know, why was brewing, and, and, and to some degree still is, a kind of a second thing? I mean, obviously now we've got Brew York and, talked about the Three Beards Brewery, and obviously there's some great breweries. Bruce mentioned Ainsty there, you know, just on the edge of York. So I think, Nick, your view was you talk quite a bit about maybe space and obviously medieval city and breweries need space and the cost of rents and things. So that I think, that, you know, that's that's a fair point. Uh, Bruce, you you wondered about Roundtrees. Roundtrees yeah. had obviously a very famous, um, uh, although it's Nestle now, isn't it? But, you know, for m- most of York's industrial history, Roundtrees were the dominant players and, of course, famously Quakers. And whilst they were not teetotal, they yeah. certainly promoted and and public, mainly because they wanted to kind of look after lower classes. And they felt that drink was the, you know, the evil that, that sent people to the, you know, to the poorhouse or whatever. Um, I talked a little bit maybe about the railways and about maybe the water. And obviously, again, we you know we've done a whole episode on Tadcaster. Tadcaster is 12 miles down the A64. Um, obviously, rail probably about 20 minutes. Um, and obviously had fantastic water, uh, a bit like Burton, and obviously became a brewing capital. So we, I guess I'm still I'm still working through a book, writing a book about it, and it's still very much kind of all over the place, really. I'm just now looking at water, because York was one of the first places that's, that tried to get its sewage and its water sorted out. Um, although, again, I've come across that it was a bit of a myth that everybody drank beer rather than water, because the water wasn't very good. The beer wasn't very good either, because the yeah. beer had calories in it. So if you were some little poor peasant and you were bloody working 12 hours a day, um, water didn't really get it, did it? So you drank beer because it gave you energy. It was, you know, it was like the Lucasade of the 15th century. Um, you drank small beer, so you didn't get pissed, two and a half percent. And, you know, so anyway, that's another story. So I, I got myself to York. I, t- I took that picture there, the railway station, which is a wonderful railway station. And um, apparently it was the biggest station, you know, in, in the world when it was first built in the early 1800s. And obviously was the centre of rail for the north of England. Um, and almost straight away, you're, you're kind of into history, aren't you, Bruce? When you walk around that corner, oh, you get to Micklegate and you get to Blossom Street. And suddenly you're straight into York's history, really. And to the to the left of you walking up there is Micklegate and you're into one of the old kind of York, you know, famous streets um, but even on this corner I mean there are about there are at least two or three pubs on this corner aren't there uh, and the windmill kicked us off so the windmill which I don't think have you I mean Bruce I'm, I'm sure you've been in the windmill I think I've yeah. been a long time ago Nick, when I was playing rugby but you've been in the windmill yeah I think so I think when we used to meet up with lads from York when we were all working in the same place uh, can't remember which of it to be honest with you but yeah 
huge, big cavernous pub now. Uh, gets its trade affected because of guys forgot where this pub's right opposite, yeah. and because people are drawn to the cheap beer. Uh, and a Premier Inn just next to it. Yeah. Sadly, it's in the hands of Green King now, and yeah, uh, yeah. uh, got that awful Green King corporate thing going on. Um, so now, but to, you know, it does attract big crowds. Uh, very quite spot led pub, really. Has two Premier Inns next door to it. Each Premier next door to so, mm. it. It's a great location, of course. Yeah. Uh, and on the and way to the race course, of course, it gets tons and tons of people in yeah. the race days. So it's all about location. And you can see, you can see again, you're on YouTube, you can see it's a slight mix of buildings, actually, but it was obviously a coaching in. This this was the this is the this is the road south from York that heads towards Leeds and Tadcaster and up to the first bar. So you can see it's got the you know it's got the coach arch where the coaches would go through. Um and again, yeah, first got in 1769. And the reason why I was injured because actually there was a brewery here, so this had its own brewery. Um, in in 1893, at its own brew house, and then it got bought out by Brett Brothers. It became a Brett Brothers house, and like Bruce says, it's now uh, it's now a uh, Green King, but it was a Burnley Inn as well for a while. Which yeah, I remember, yeah. remember a Burnley Inn as well. So that was the first start. Um, there's not much brewing history left in it, but it's an interesting start. So across, almost across the road, well, across the road from the windmill is a non-pub um, building. But it's got a link down the road. So I don't know if I've explained to you this, and if you guys know this. So a little bit further down Blossom Street, across from the Everyman Theatre, is the Bay Horse. Um, apparently, at one point, there were only 20 Bay Horse pubs in York. So it's quite <laughs> a common name. A um, little bit of dispute about why it's called the Bay Horse. Any ideas why it's called the Bay Horse? No. No. The plaque on the wall there, again, if you're on YouTube, on the right-hand side of the building, there's a plaque. You see that little overhang there? There's oh, yeah. a plaque there. Now, that explained that talks about Cleveland Bays, which obviously are a, are a kind of a heavy horse, a, a horse that would have been used for things like the Drake carts, etc. But from reading Hugh Murray's stuff, he reckons it's after the Molten Bay. And the Molten oh, yeah. Bay won, and again, there's a nice link to the podcast, Molten Bay was a racehorse that won the Jim Crack 500 Guineas, which, oh, without knowing about horse racing, but apparently was one of the first ever major, I mean, 500 Guineas was a lot of money, wasn't it, in those days? Um, and it was one of the big races at the time, the kind of before the Derby and stuff started. So oh, that's yeah. that's why that that's named that that one. Now again, this is another pub that used to have its own brewery. So that's why again, I I, I nick round the back and actually a very nice pub garden round the back, beer garden round the back. Not much sign of a brewery though. Now the other picture on here is the Bar Convent. So directly across the road from the windmill and on and from Weatherspoons is the Bar Convent, which is the oldest. Uh, whatever the word is, inhabited, no, oh, the oldest living convent in the UK. It's Catholic convent, uh, and there are still some nuns there. Although it's quite nice. Apparently, it's a nice hotel now, but as well. Very yeah, the, break, the food's not bad. I did a lovely breakfast. Yeah. Any ideas what the link is between a convent and beer and brewing? Monks. Mm. Well, apparently in the 700s, there was a brew house on site, but unfortunately, yeah. it was only for the nuns. So the nuns used to brew their own beer. However... In the 1800s, the nuns being the nuns, and Catholic nuns especially, to make a bit of money on the side, began to give out commercial loans as kind of part of their, you know, trying to give poor people a leg up. And they lent some money to a particular uh, gentleman, and with that money, he bought the bay horse down the road. Unfortunately, he went bankrupt. So when he went bankrupt, the nuns were given the pub. So for about 10 years, the convent actually ran that pub and they actually owned the pub and then eventually sold it and uh, they sold it. So that was a nice little story there about the, the convent. Yeah, yeah. So so that was a nice little start. So we then set, I then set off, oh, my picture's going to be weird here, yeah, set off down um, Nunnery Lane, 
Um, and a pub again, Bruce, which we talked about recently, actually, because it had been shut for a while. It featured in our podcast, and this is the Trafalgar, which is about yeah. halfway down Nunnery Lane. So Nunnery Lane is is the lane that the road that comes off the convent. Also interesting, it kind of parallels the wall, doesn't it? The southern wall of York. So it's quite a nice. A great nice wind on a cold day. It's full of fires. I just have yeah. to get a charger for the Mac. Press okay. Out. So anyway, the Trafalgar is a Sam Smith pub. So that's our first mention of Sam Smith today. Um, a pub that we've all we've all been in Crew Town, quite like it. I know Bruce did say it was shut for a while following COVID, but I'm glad to say, uh, as you can see from the pictures, it has reopened. Uh, again, so another pub that's got quite a lot of debate about its name. Obviously, you think that it's about Trafalgar, um, obviously the naval uh, battle, and indeed the pub sign itself, which I've screwed my pictures up here. The pub sign does actually show a picture of Trafalgar, and the Trafalgar headland. But again, Hugh Murray, who is the doujon of pubs in York, also suggests it might, again, named after a horse, Trafalgar, which came second in the derby. Um, and again, it was a York horse and again, won a lot of bigger races. So, um, but anyway, good to see it open. Um, this, Please, again, yeah. was a Brett, another Brett's house back in the days, um, but a nice little solid pub. Now, a bit further down the lane, and you know what? I've probably gone down this road that many times in my 50-odd years, and, and I've, had, I've had actually clocked the two pubs down there. And again, I know I've chopped with Bruce, or, uh, Bruce already. Look, Nick, have you ever seen these pubs? The Victoria Vaults, for example, which is just a little bit further down from the uh, thing. Now, again, I was into this because this is another pub that had its own brewery. Get my uh, music now. Yeah. But apparently now it's, it's still open, Bruce, isn't it? Still, still operating? Oh, it's still there. It's great thriving. I say it's one of the last few places now where lots of places lost for live music. So it's it's great pleasant inside as well. And I say, but yeah, definitely. And uh, the one that has gone, the Edward the Seventh. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you a tale about that when I come back. Bad in charge. Just one second. <laughs> so the Victoria Vaults was um, listed in 1857. It's own brew house. Um, and again, it gets some quite. Uh, Bruce said it gets some quite good write-ups in uh, in What's Pub, etc. Nick, you knew you, you've been in there, have you? Not being in it, no, 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 it's there. But, you know, it's uh, there. Yeah. Uh, next door to it, and where that chimney is there. Now, again, this is another site of, and I've put the picture again for those on YouTube. There was a brewery here in the 1800s, and this was a, a brewery owned by somebody called Kilby. Um, again, it looks like modern housing and has moved it around. So it's it's quite interesting. You can you can tell from the old maps because this is where Nunnery Lane splits into kind of a one-way system. So one road goes one way, one road goes the other around a bit of an island as you head towards the bottom of Bishopthorpe Road. Um, and it's on the junction that the brewery was was kind of housed. So, again, a quick mooch around the back of the uh, the Victoria vaults. Um, but, again, no real sign of any brewery now. But that was the site of the, uh, the Kilby Brewery, which is on Nunnery Lane. A little bit further down that road, I came across another publisher, and I'd never kind of come, well, and really clocked with me. And that was the old Ebor. Again, Ebor is a, a name linked to York. It's kind of a, again, one of the Ebor festival, obviously, with the uh, uh, the racehorses. Well, be uh, Eberacum in it. Yeah, going back to the, one of the, was it the Roman name. Or Roman's it? named for York. So I would so say. So it's another pub, again, which, again, by, by all accounts, was a cracking pub in its day. Um, but unfortunately, now is pretty much condemned. So despite a last minute um, battle by York Camera, we did actually get it listed as a community asset. Unfortunately, York City Council have agreed that it can be converted. Or it probably look, by the looks of it, it's already started into apartments. So the yeah. old e-bar, um, and again, it's interesting that uh, this was this was a uh, beer house um, back in the days. 
Um, the Beer House Act in 1830 was designed to try and stop people from drinking too much gin. So what it did was it took the tax off beer, and it also meant places like the old Ebor could be open 18 hours a day. So I'm not quite sure they really kind of sorted out drunkenness amongst the, poor, the working classes, but at least they were drinking beer uh, and not gin as well. Um, and again, I say it's, it's a slightly sad story in that it uh, it's now gone forever and it will soon be apartments. Bruce, uh, did you frequent the old Ebor when it was alive? Oh, we, we did because um, about oh, 10 years ago, it was still a proper locals pub, but... Um, you know, it was a rough pub, but, but a friendly pub, you know, just not rough people, uh, full of locals, but some of the cheapest rail ale in town, it was really, really well kept as yeah. well. Yeah. So a big loss to the people down there, yeah. Uh, if you look on TripAdvisor, there's still a few, it's still, still there, it's still, it's still alive on TripAdvisor. And I think one of the, I've got the report here, the old Ebor is a hidden gem, a no-frills good pub, serving the local community with a selection of well-cooked ales. So yeah, like you said, Bruce, a local's pub, but a, one that was decent, good, good pint, so a little bit of a shame here. So as you get to the end of Nunnery Lane, you kind of get to the hip centre of, of York, don't you, Bruce? So you, you've got to have a beard here and a tank top and be on an e-bike e and know what falafel actually is, not even what Lovely. it looks like. Um, so <laughs> I, I resist the temptation of jumping in the angels on the whatever it's called. Interesting, though, this part of York, again, actually has very few pubs. I know we're going to mention a couple in a minute. Well, this is where Temperance particularly took it's kind of South Bank, isn't it? They technically called this, this end of York, Bruce. And by all accounts, it was in the 1800s, the local clergy um, and, and you know, the, the good to be were, were quite fierce in, in stopping all breweries, even beer shops opening. So there is actually a little bit of scarcity of pubs in kind of Clementhorpe, Bishopthorpe. Um, when, you get, when you get beyond Bishop Thorpe Road, they're into they're into the South Bank, the bit between Bishop Thorpe Road, the um, race course, and it is really popular. So it's, you know, the, um, I mean, next time you come, I'll have to get some bikes. And if you go the back way, you kind of see these row after rows of terraces, very narrow, yeah. Yeah. street terraces that are kind of hidden from view to most people. So like you say, incredible, uh, tight, um, tightly packed up population, and really, if that entire area really only just got one pub, and that's the Naves Mayor opposite the race course. Very yeah, it was, I think it was 1932 before the first license was actually allowed. 1932 for the first pub open in that area, because it was like I guess it was a bit like Saltaire, a bit like yeah. uh, Cadbury. You know, it was the you know the Quakers, the the business entrepreneurs with a particular faith wanting to keep the working class out of the pub, really. So, um, quite interesting. So, what well, was that, that that side, bro? Would have probably been Terry's workers, wouldn't it? I'm going to talk about Terry's now. So what you can still find if you look closely in Clementhorpe, which is just off kind of the back of Bishopthorpe Road, is the old Clementhorpe Maltings. So again, there was a brewery in Clementhorpe, mainly because this is where the ooze kind of flows around the back. And, and therefore it was a good place to, uh, you know, to get to get the beer and stuff on the malting as well. And yeah, you're right, Nick, the Clementhorpe Brewery down here was Terry's first factory, Terry's Chocolates. And this was their first factory in York. Again, mainly because it was on the river. So they could quickly send off their Terry's All Gold, uh, obviously around the expanding empire. So again, the brewery's completely gone now, but the maltings, again, are pretty much still there. And, you know, you can't, that is a malting, isn't it? You can't really <laughs> look at that oh, picture. No. Um, and again, I've been turned into quite nice apartments and, and, and look very nice as well. Um, the pubs are in that area, which did exist, probably because, again, they were a bit closer to the actual um the river etc are uh, the slip in so again we, we've mentioned this a few times 
Um, the slip-in is named after the slip that was built back uh, in, the, again, in the 1800s, which, again, helped terriers and people. Um, and, again, this is another pub that had its own brewery uh, back in uh, around 1840 as well. Uh, and it does say on there that actually uh, the back of it was actually a boatyard. So the bottom of that street, as you're looking at there, um, is, is where the river is. Again, they had landlord on in here. Um, it was one of those, though, It was I was kind of rushing around a bit, and it sounded absolutely heaving inside. So I must admit, I didn't venture in um, today, which I should have done, really, because it's been a while since I've, I've been to the slip. And if you turn around from that picture that's looking down towards the river and head back up, uh, very soon you come across the swan. Um, again, and this is another pub that we featured in our um, last podcast. Last time we were together, we had a nice, very nice pint in the swan. Uh, we were in, we're in that wind there that was on the back there. I think I've put in my little blog here that uh, this is this is to me is, is your great Saturday afternoon pub, isn't it? When it's not too yeah, busy, yeah. you get in maybe in one of those back rooms with a paper, have a couple of nice beers. It's uh, it's a cracking pub. Um, again, there's another pub. Again, again was a beer house um, and had its own kind of beer shop in the 1850s. Uh, and became uh, a pub by the end of the 19th century. Um, and it says there, it's still got its 19th... It's a Tetley Heritage pub, isn't it, the Swan? It's it still, is, yeah, the... Uh, oh, it's free The Corridor pub, wasn't it? The Corridor... Yeah, yeah classic 1930s layout inside with a corridor, and then you've got your serving serving area, and then your room's off it. So, again, uh, again, unfortunately, I was I was in a bit of a rush, and I, I got about another half an hour to meet Bruce and Evie, so I, I didn't call in, which, again, was a shame. Again, there were, I think as I was there, there was quite a few guys crossing the road to go in there. Um, again, that was a Sunday afternoon, so, again, always a popular place. So, the next place I was going to have a look at was the Friargate Brewery. So, this is, again, going over Lendl Bridge. Is that one, Bruce, in Lendl Bridge, that end of the York, is it? I'm uh, no, this is Oosbridge. No, oh, Oosbridge, sorry. Going over Oosbridge. These are very ornate ones. Um, and again, if you know King Stave, um, which was absolutely heaving on a bank holiday uh, Sunday afternoon in August with everybody sat out drinking their macro lagers from the couple of pubs which run down there. And this is one of the streets that kind of runs kind of down from um, kind of where Clifford's Tower is down to the use as well. And again, this is where um, Friargate Brewery, which actually brought out the Clementhorpe Clement Brewery. Um, and again, Again, although there's not a great deal of signage, um, my view, I don't know what you guys think, that looks quite brewerish to me, do you think? With that, the layout of the kind of tower, potentially, and the, the double doors and things. So, again, it's not, there's not a great deal of this is where it was, but looking at the maps, it's kind of in the right area. And to me, that did look quite brewerified. Yeah, well, I think that, that arch over that gateway, that's been added, oh, oh, the height has been reduced. I would have think that would be even even taller there because yeah. them them um, concrete lintels and brickwork look slightly newer. So, so Friargate because this is where the Franciscan Friary was back in the uh, Middle Ages, and, and these were the water lanes, Bruce, which were again quite uh, in oh yeah, notorious. Yeah, um, cholera was uh, quite regular down here because yeah. again it was quite poor housing, and of course all the other crap from the city kind of. <laughs> kind of ran down these streets uh, into you, so yeah, not not a great place, not a great place for brewery really either. But anyway, yeah. there, there we go. No, saying the water lanes, the pubs were so rough, there were, there were more people fighting than not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, this is the Stone Roses pub is one street up from this, isn't it? The which we, mm. we've mentioned for yeah. yeah. So anyway, it was time for a beer. So thankfully, um, as as we did in episode wherever it was, and there's a picture of Bruce and Nick in slightly cooler time, not not August one holiday, um, and again, 
I always forget this, but this is kind of York's hidden bar, isn't it? This this bar because you always think of York kind of the you know Warm Gate and Monk Bar and Micklegate, uh, but this one, Fisher Gate. Is a little bit of an unknown, isn't it? And most tourists probably never get to see Fishergate. And yet, just behind Fishergate is the fantastic Phoenix. So, uh, again, pub that we really enjoyed. And so, I think having not not been in there quite a lot in kind of our younger days, um, and I think it's only been, I don't say recently, but I know the couple that bought it about 15 years ago, Bruce. Oh, more than about and, the other 20. Sadly, right. the gentleman, you know, made it <laughs> rise from the ashes, as it were. Um, yeah. Sadly, he passed away two or three years ago. Yeah, His but they made it into a bit of a mecca. You know, it's, it is, again, it's another just cracking, our kind of pub, really. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. no jukeboxes, just good chatter, good beer, pork pies. Um, so I met Bruce in there. It was fairly quiet, actually, Bruce, for a Sunday afternoon, wasn't it, Bank Holiday? Yeah, there by their standards, yeah. And, he, and it tends to be more of a, it tends to be a locals pub and maybe a tickers pub, isn't it? So you tend to get locals going in there and then people who know about beer because there's always a fantastic range on. It does get uh, a huge boost of course when there's concerts on the bar. They can, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, because, yeah. Because of course it's right opposite the road. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure that helps. So, again, I, I got in there first. Bruce and Evie were on the way. So I got myself in now a little corner table where we always try, try and find ourselves. That's, we, that's our table <laughs> now by the fire. Um <laughs> And I kicked off with a uh, a New Zealand IPA, which again is another beer that seems to be doing quite popular at the moment. This was mm. one of Saltaires, and I've got to say it was very, very good. But as I think this is where the landlord bit, as I was kind of waiting, although the pub was quiet, there was a bit of a queue at the bar because the guys in front of me just ordered four pints of landlord, <coughs> and halfway through the second pint, the barrel went. So the guy behind the bar ran downstairs, tapped the new, said, "Oh, don't worry, there's a new one ready to ready to tap in." And when he started pulling the kind of first couple of landlords out of that, it just looked like mm. beer of olden day, you know, pure white all the way down, then settling really, really nice. So I know when Bruce came in about 10 minutes later and I downed that one because I was quite hot and bothered, I said, Bruce, get us a landlord. And it was stunning. It was a great pint of yeah. landlord. I think, oh. Bruce, you had the Saltaire um, New Zealand pale as well, didn't you, I think? Yeah, it was. It was excellent. It was great. Cause I've, I know last time I did New Zealand pails was in the uh, Labour Club in Wakefield. And I have to say, the... Uh, Saltair version was a lot better than the Kirksville Road Brewery one, wasn't it, Nick? Yeah. Mm. Saltair, uh, Taylor's, Taylor's, I think, recommend or request their landlords or publicans leave landlord uh, to settle for a week in the cellar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which seems quite a long time, you know. But well, it was definitely that. I definitely settled. It was. It was in stunning form that one in the uh, in the Phoenix. So again, a pub that we can I recommend. So we set off then, um, and we headed. We were going to head towards Warmgate. Um, and on the way, kind of went through a, a very sur- what was this bit of York called, Bruce? This very well, sur- this is uh, this is um, Hope Street. Hope Street, um, yeah, kind of surreal, kind of what mid-war council estate yeah. in the middle of medieval York, which feels completely out out of whatever. And then the middle people, of people in York affectionately I have to I have to quote affectionately call it No Hope Street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here you enter Skimball Hope. <laughs> and in the middle of this little council estate in the middle of medieval York falls. <laughs> Is is a stunning pub called the Brown Cow, uh, another one of Mister Mister Humphrey Smith's um, establishments. But again, unfortunately, it's looking rather sad now. And then I think it's been. I know it tried to. I think they did reopen, Bruce. It was closed up COVID. It yeah. reopened in a few weeks, and unfortunately, it looks again fairly terminal, which is a shame because it looks a cracking yeah. little boozer. This does. It is got a two room pub. Um, last time I was inside the electric beer. The interesting about the brown cow was it was actually um, about 30, 
five years, 30 years ago, it was uh, York's only Timothy Taylor. Timothy Taylor's pub, yeah. yeah. House. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and then they, what they did was, they thought, well, coming all this way. So they did a pub swap with Sam Smith, so sadly lost her. And I have to say, if I was having to be nailed, absolutely nailed down to wherever the best pint of beer in my entire life was, one Monday evening, me and uh, Neil Sudderby, uh, who was landlord of a pub where we were younger, we came through to York to visit some of the pubs uh, on a Monday night, when it was uh, still a Taylor's pub. And the landlord in there was like nectar. And if I had to think of the best ever part of my life, it was in the brown cow, yeah. It was stunning, yeah. Yeah, no, there we go. So, yeah, in another pub that looks like it's on its way out. I can't imagine Humphrey's rules work really well in a counter-state like that because I guess <laughs> you'd want your kids in, wouldn't you? you want your sport on the telly exactly. to make your money. And, yeah, there well, we isn't, go. isn't that one where he, he got rid of the landlord and the landlady or, or, or his managers and they refused to go and they were living upstairs so he won't let them come in and out the pub by going downstairs and out the door. So they had to build some scaffolding out yeah. one of the bedroom windows. Oh, and that's the only way they could get in and out the pub. Oh, because whilst they couldn't work there anymore, they still had a right to stay there for so long. So he said, well, you can stay there, but you're not using my premises downstairs to exit the pub. So oh, they had right. to put a ladder out the window and uh, build some scaffolding. So the target here was Warmgate, which is getting one of York's more famous gates, the gate that's crossed from the Barbican uh, Theatre and Snooker Centre and everything else. Um, Warmgate is, I think Warmgate is probably, if you're going to go on a pub crawl in York, you could probably drink 13, 14 pints down Warmgate and, and, and not leave the street, couldn't in different pubs, because Warmgate is literally swarming with pubs. And by all accounts, it always has been swarming with pubs. And of course, halfway down now is Brew York and the, the Beer House and, you know, the, the, the kind of all of that. But you've got the... Well, you've got the you've got the five lions. You've got the what's the Royal Oak on the corner. You've got is it the pheasant down there? You know there are just literally a pub every other step. Um, again, although slightly forlornly, um, um, as we kind of walked onto one gate, we came across our, our again our hallowed um, pub of, um, of yore, the Spread Eagle, which is now the. Uh, What's it called these days? The uh, Lebanese. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got I've written it down somewhere. The Yemeni Heaven now at the moment. And it got bought, it's been bought out by a, a lady who does Yemeni food. Um, <coughs> Bruce regaled his daughter with tales of the cat and nine tails, Nick. The infamous <laughs> full full French baguette um, laced with roast beef and, and onion gravy. Onion gravy. <laughs> and the uh, so the spread eagle for us back in them. I know it was Mansfield pub outside there, but back in the good old days, in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, after going to the John Bullin Layerthorpe, you'd go across the Spread Eagle. And again, uh, Thiexon's was normally dominating the offer, but and they always had two or three decent, really great beers on. So oh, yeah. um, certainly for us, one of our meccas. Well, the old pub sign, because it was one of those proper old-fashioned Timothy Taylor Championship beers, pub signs, wasn't yeah. it? Now, I did notice I've gone the wrong way somewhere up here. So I'll go back here. So the, the plan here was was not to kind of go to Brew York for once, um, but to try and find the Crown Brewery, because, again, Warmgate being so full of pubs, again, it had its own brewery, and this was the Crown Brewery. Uh, again, it didn't stick around very long, and as you can see there, there's absolutely no evidence of Crown Brewery these days. That's just, a, again... Just a, the Royal Oak. 1970s, yeah, just a 1970s, uh, uh, whatever, Southern uh, estate. So from um, Warmgate, uh, we got into the kind of throng of York, um, and we were ready for another beer, so we contemplated going to the blue, to the Bell, or to the Hot. But now we walked past there, 
And Bruce, and I was trying to get us to go to the Shambles Tavern because that's again I quite like that. Mm. But Bruce dragged me into Valhalla. Oh, the Market Cat. Oh yeah, any yeah, of those yeah. other anyway. great traditional pubs. Bruce drove me into the Valhalla and then asked me to buy him a pint of Budweiser, um, which again was... Not the American Budweiser, the proper Budweiser. So, it, it was... Okay, I've, I've been, I've done it. Um, I think I shared a bit like you, Nick. It was all right. It was interesting. But, yeah, I mean, apparently the building, the building is not even medieval. The building itself is about 50 years old because apparently the building was there was burned down um, in the 19... Uh, in the 1960s. So, I mean, it, it is a very faux, faux, faux building. It's made to look like it's been there for a thousand years. But um, although they, they, have, they did say that I think they have tried to get, you know, reclaimed timber and things as well. Uh, it was pitch dark for a um, <laughs> bank holiday Sunday afternoon in August. Uh, and it was quite, it, I give it to you, it was busy. And we, but we got to see upstairs. And the bar, actually, I've got to say the bar, the lad behind the bar was great. I did try their local beer. I had a Valhalla Pale. Which is brewed by New, is it uh, Ellerton? Yeah, uh, yeah, the little brewery out, out, yeah, Half Moon, Half Moon Brew, and, and it was, it was all right. Actually, it was quite nice. It was all right. So I've ticked Valhalla. Mm, I probably won't be going there back again unless I've got some Norwegian friends or Danish friends with me. Yeah, uh, kind of a horn of mead, of course. Kind of a horn of mead. Horn of mead. <laughs> so then we kind of nipped across um, King Square, which was very busy with the normal people eating fire and juggling and whatever. And again, we dip down St. Andrew's Gate, which again is another really interesting York Street. And if you, you know, the thing about York is, I'm saying, I don't know, I'm saying this to you, Bruce, but you could just walk around. I could walk around York and find new places. I have oh, been down this street, but many years ago. And it's just fascinating. Again, every, you know, this is a street that kind of runs parallel with um, Goodrum Gate, yeah. Gate, doesn't it? I mean, Goodrum yeah. Gate was absolutely heaving. You couldn't, you couldn't get a car down there, but St. Andrew's Gate was pretty empty. And it's just got a fantastic, you know, uh, almost York's history. You've got medieval buildings, you've got modern buildings, you've got, um, you know, hot, uh, memorial halls, fantastic. At the bottom of there is obviously the Merchant Taylor's Hall, uh, yeah. which is a whole other story. Yeah. About the guilds of York, and that's still yeah. very much there. Um, we were heading towards Aldwick, where we said J.J. Uh, Hunt's, Johnny Hunt's, had their brewery. Uh, again, Aldwick's a fantastic street. Again, the, the picture there on the bottom there, wonderful houses um again very very spookily quiet wasn't it for an august bank holiday uh, but again we couldn't find any any signs of the pub unfortunately these days it's all pretty much been gone um and done under housing and i think quite a few of those houses actually have been kind of refurbed so they look they look quite nice apparently there is a couple of airbnbs down there that have got some of the brewery features or some of some of the maltings in there as well so old work which again if again if you it's at the north end of york we're in the wall but we're near monk's bar now um, and this was where J.J. Hunt's Brewery was, which, we, as we said before, was probably York's biggest um, brewery. And apparently across the road, the Ebor was apparently the cheapest beer in York because literally they, they rolled the barrel across the road from the brewery into the old Ebor, another Ebor, um, and the beer was stupidly cheap by all accounts. So that was a good place to go and drink. Well, it was a really delicious part. I mean, obviously, I, I have a friend who was, he's 90 on... Uh... Monday, and he used to drink Hunt's beer regularly. He said it was the best beer you could get in York by a country mile. So we then walked back to Goodrum Gate, which is just where the northern bar or Monk Bar is, which in, if you've been to York, you may well know Monk Bar. Um, Bruce and Evie got uh, waylaid by Roberto's, which is apparently the best uh, ice cream in York. So they, they joined a very long queue. It wasn't like that, Bruce, was it? You were, you no, were queuing no. probably up, up past Oxfam. Half an uh, hour, yeah. Um, so I, I said, no, no ice cream for me. So I nipped across the road to 
two things really. One was to, to look at a childhood memory of the Monk Bar model shop, which literally sits within the bar itself um, and hasn't changed in 45 years because yeah. it's still full of Hornby trains, electric cars and little little Hornby figures, little, little airfix figures. Uh, there's trains still going around. But apparently this, again, this was a pub. Back in the good old days, this is this is another brew house, another another pub that had a brewery. Um, again, very little sign of it now, uh, but nice to go and have a look. So Bruce Nevy have got big ice creams. So we wander back up Goodroom Gate. Again, we passed some really good pubs on the way up there. Um, and then again, we nip down Ogwell. I nip down Ogleforth. I don't think you came in the end, Bruce. I think it was I just went there on my own. No, I mean, rather bizarrely, I mean, I, I often, of course, on my lunch hour. We, especially in summer, you have to nip down Oglethorpe um, and uh, call the way to Dean's Court to have our sandwiches and have our lunch. Yeah. And never put the connection really. It's quite astonishing, yeah. So, I mean, it gives it away because they've done some really nice stuff. So actually the gate yeah, is yeah. on. It says the old brewery. Uh, and look at that. So again, if you're not on YouTube, the old brewery gates in the nice gold old brewery. Uh, mm. And behind that is the Minster's Western, sorry, no, Eastern, Eastern Transit, End. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. literally kind of a, a, a pint throw away from from where the brewery was. This was March's Brewery um, in Oglethorpe, which again went through a number of different um, hands and different breweries. Um, but again, they've done quite a nice job here. Um, now all very posh uh, apartments with parking, which is quite useful. And, you know, the Minster, if you look, I guess, out your kitchen window, you've got a fantastic view of the Minster uh, and College Green. So again, it looks like a very nice conversion. I think it was done back in the 80s. Um, and again, as you can see there, it's still pretty brewery looking, isn't it? And you know that that still looks. But again, I've never ever been down this road in my fifty-six years, and I never, I never even knew the brewery was there. And as you can see, you can't miss it because every gate outside the thing says "all brewery" on it. So, so re really, really nice. So that was kind of a an interesting kind of delve into a little bit of York's history that you don't really get into really. Um, on the way back, again, we went to Next. Well, we didn't go to Next. We went to look at a plaque outside of Next which is on Coney Street, which is York's kind of main, main thing. And again, I've probably walked past this sign thousands of times. Nick, do you know this sign was there? Uh, yeah, I've probably seen it. I'm probably not taking any notes of it because yeah. that's it's near, near where the bomb church is, isn't it, on Coney Street? Uh, yeah, yeah, not for, yeah. Next so I probably, yeah, I've you're not far probably always there, associated with that. So why, why are we looking at Next? Because outside of Next, on the wall, as you go into the door, is a sign which says that this is the George Inn, and apparently this was the first ever named pub in York's history, the first pub you can find. In 1575, um, it became a pub. It was called the George Hospicium, because, again, it was a... Coney Street was actually the coaching street, so it was a where the horse-drawn coaches on the way to Hull, Manchester and Newcastle would call into. Um, and Charlotte and Anne Bronte moved there. Uh, and in 1969, Leek Thought, which was York's Selfridges... Um, took the building over. Um, they were kind of York's kind of premier, um, whatever you call it, department store. Well. Um, and then again, I say I've gone through a few now. I think it's been River Island and a few other places. Now it's now next, but the the, the, the the nice sign is still there. And again, a good a good link back to York's uh, York's um, rate, uh, coaching history. And the final venue, which we didn't get dragged into, although I've got to say Yates is apparently I, I, I must go into Yates because. When I read their reviews, they do get quite a good write-up, actually. It's a bit like a Wetherspoons, maybe slightly upmarket. Well, no, not much market. Uh, but they normally have at least a couple of decent beers on in most Yates's. But, again, you can probably tell from the outside of it. This is the view across the river. 
Mm. Um, this looks very kind of warehousey, uh, and this was this is part of the Hotham's estate, and then part of the, the Camerons bought this out uh, in again the 1950s. Uh, they used it as a warehouse until 19, uh, I think it was 1970s, when they converted it into the tavern in the town. And at the time, it was the biggest pub in Northern Europe. Uh, it had seven bars. It had 1,500 capacity. Right. It was the place to be seen uh, in York if you were uh, knocking around in the 1970s. Um, obviously, then the 80s took it over sometime later. Um, do you know what? I think mm, I have been in here. There used, used to be another pub down here as well. There used to be a record shop as well, didn't there? Record shop downstairs. Yeah, record yeah, shop down, that's right. Mm. And I can't remember what the pub was called. So I don't think I've been in it since it's been Yates's. I don't know, Bruce, if you've been in there. I've been in about twice. In the, uh, it's that incredible noise you want to get in pubs with sticky carpets, you know, that, <laughs> that unique noise. <laughs> yeah, so, and so that was the end of the brewery bit, really. So, again, there's a slightly blurred picture here. So we then kind of headed back to... Uh, uh, to Bruce's neck of the woods. So we called in Bruce's local, the Crystal Palace, the pub that, that's not a pub, that basically is a house uh, <laughs> that's got a pub inside of it. Um, and uh, we called in there. And I think we mentioned the last podcast, um, obviously with Evie with us. So she's under 18, so she couldn't go in the pub. So we had to sit out. So thankfully it was it was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, although we were sat in the middle of a Gaelic football team, which was quite yeah. interesting. Yeah. Why they called into the Crystal Palace, but then it was good, and, and we started on Ted Lager. But Bruce mentioned that the old brewery bitter was on fine form, and again, I'm a little, mm, uh, but I've got to say again, it was, it was, we, we had a pint of that, and it was, it was very, very, very nice indeed. Um, so yeah, Crystal Palace. Interestingly, because uh, this is quite a posh, the whole gate road is quite a posh road in it for, for your Bruce. It's not some big. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's been quite a worky road and got gradually gentrified. Uh, I see lots of businesses when I came here 20 years ago, uh, motorcycle shops and all sorts of shops are gradually going and everything's been turned to housing now. So it is quite posh, yeah. But again, if you look at the still down there, though, isn't it, Bruce? What? The Bridge Club. That always the Bridge Club, sadly, is that have moved. Uh, that's now an architect's office. They said it was so popular, Bridge, they had to get bigger premises, believe it or not. <laughs> is that what it really was, though? Because I could never work out, you could never see through the windows, as though it was yeah. something else. Like yeah, an adult, adult, adult theme shop or something like that. Yeah. I thought no, it was they did actually. It's a bridge club. Oh, they right. own their own premises, yeah. Right. So again, the Crystal Palace being a Sam Smith's pub, it hasn't got a great deal of, of telling you it's a pub. And if you miss the act, there is a sign, as you can see on the, on the YouTube there. There is a there is a, a sign of, of, of Crystal Palace, as in London Crystal Palace, from the 1851 exhibition. But you could probably drive by this in a bus or a car and not even know it was a pub. Because mm -hmm. the building itself has got absolutely nothing on it that says it's a pub. Um, yeah. And yet, when I did, I looked at this in 1851. A guy called Alf Dickinson had a wine and spirit vaults here, so it actually started life off as as a as a as a bottle shop, as a wine shop. Yeah. Um, so you know, although it looks like a, a posh house, it, it has always been linked to to uh, alcohol, and it became a pub in 1872 by all accounts. And yes, it's named after the Hyde Park exhibition um, in 1851 as a Grade Two listed building. Um, and it was ticking over. It's, it's never, it's never busy, busy, is it, Bruce? No, no, it just ticks over all just day ticks long. Over. And then the ultimate pub where we finally met Nick, of course, was the Fox, which we've mentioned multiple times uh, on the podcast. Um, this pub dates back to the 18, 1878, um, but it was actually called the Cross Keys, Bruce, before it was called the Fox. I don't know if you were aware yeah. of that. I didn't it was, know that. No. It was the Cross Keys, although this modern built, this or not modern building, but this building now um, is Grade Two listed. Um, it's not the original pub. It's it was a it's kind of another version of, of what was there as well. 
Um, it's been a pub on this site since 1841. In 1899, Tetlis bought this pub for £16,000. That'd be a lot of money those days, though. You've mentioned that, obviously, the, the one of the big draws was just down the road from here was the Carriage Works, yeah. which employed, I think, 5,000 people at its height, didn't it? And you yeah. said it was pretty manic. Yeah, so you're right. So sixteen grand in 1899, guess how much that would be now? Oh, my God. Well, hundred pound during war was about four and a half grand. So, yeah, I did use mm. a converter. Two point two million. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now you know, like you say, that that's phenomenal money isn't it, in eighteen ninety nine from Tetley. But obviously, they knew. They knew. We've got five thousand carriage railway workers down the road here. Yeah, who, who you literally have got to walk past the pub to go home. Yeah. Then, then obviously it was, it was great trade, and you know, and as we said before, it's still a great pub. They were having their beer festival on over the bank holiday weekend, so they put a bar up outside in the uh, in the garden, the biggest beer garden in York. We've mentioned several times, and that's certainly over COVID, Bruce. I think for yourself and, and Nick as well a little bit. It was one of your kind of regular haunts because you could oh, sit outside yeah. Yeah. in all weathers. I remember being there with it almost snowing and still drinking <laughs> out there. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was pretty. I mean, that beer garden was pretty full, wasn't it, on the Sunday afternoon? Oh, um, we actually worked out the beer in the bar was actually slightly better not not better but there was a better range actually yeah, inside yeah. the bar so we ended up moving inside there and we took up a little room again we mentioned for some lovely rooms in here all linked to kind of railways aren't they different kind of themes yeah, yeah. Sprinter room. and there's a little i mean that room in the back i mean what there was probably what what nine of us ten of us in there and we pretty much yeah. filled it in with that little room behind the bar which was very nice and then nick you joined us um around about half past six ish yeah Manage a couple of beers in there. Um, oh, very quick ones. Yeah. yeah, we mainly stuck on the kind of salt and the uh, salt air, not salt air, salt and um, hmm. the uh, Osset beers, didn't we? Because they're, they're linked there. I think, did we, what were we drink? Oh, we, we drank the Tweed one, didn't we? Tweed, and then, oh, yeah. And you got us onto Chelsea, I think, because you were catching up a little bit. We moved on to Chelsea, which is that slightly stronger, they call mm. it a silver beer, don't they? Yeah. Chelsea, which was, uh, was very Excelsior. nice. So, yeah, so all in all, a, a very interesting day in York with some fine drinks and catch up with, with Bruce and eventually Nick. And we probably ended up having two or three pints in the Fox and then went across to Bruce's for some very nice, uh, from very nice chili um, and some macro lagers. But that was, we'll, we'll ignore that for the time being. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very, very good. So, certainly one or two places that I'd, I'd want to go and have another look there. Um, I probably won't be going back to Valhalla. Um, uh, but no, I, did, I just, I, you know what? I just can't wait to get back to York. I just, it's just a, I took, living away from it, I mean, I know Bruce, for you, it's kind of, <laughs> you see it every day, don't you? But it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it is an amazing city and certainly, definitely, if you're into your beer. Yeah, we'll there. do the full for the road next time, the Wellington, the Light Horseman. Uh, we've started going to Victoria Vaults a little bit now at Hesleton Road. It's the only last surviving old mill pub in York. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I think they used to have the grapes well, the old mill. I don't know, it was, it, was, it was the old mill for a while, the grapes, wasn't it? They took the but I have to say, the old Middlebury bitter in there at the minute, it's, it's like it's almost like every, it's delicious. Uh, it's like a really yeah. old-fashioned taste to it. So, yeah, we'll head that side of town next time you come. Mm. Sounds very good. So, gents, that is this week's wrapped up a little thing. Um, we did say that we, we again, we, we're starting to run a little bit out of kind of ideas because, again, we're all fairly busy at working things and, the, and the, 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 uh, the year is cracking on. We have said we must do something on Malton. Because yeah. that is the name of the, the name of the podcast. So I think the plan is next time I'll, I'll try and think of some theme that we need to do 
but we might probably do a couple of um, that. So probably a couple of weeks' time, we'll stick into probably into October, we will get together and we'll do a little bit about Malton. We've talked about Malton before. We've done a little bit of the background. We've talked about some of the pubs in there as well. Um, and again, I've got to say, I don't know what you think, Nick. It's not quite got the beery pull that because the food bit is taking over a little bit. Maybe it hasn't quite got the beery pull that it would have had, say, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Well, no, but if you know where you're going, probably some of the beers actually improved and the choice and the uh, the range has improved. So if you know where you're going, you can have yeah. a, a good crawl, not as in lots of premises, but you can get eight or nine decent beers down your neck and, yeah. uh, you know, different breweries, all uh, predominantly all Yorkshire breweries. So what more do you want, really? I didn't know. It was, it was in one of the weekend papers, again, as a, you know, as a place to go to. And, and again, they mentioned Brass Castle Tap. Um, was the perfect ending to the kind of your little little soiree around Malton. You know, you go get your macaroons, then you go to the Fox's Butchers, and then you end up at the the kind of the Malton Tap, so the the Brass Castle Tap. So uh, I spoke to somebody, yeah, I was with somebody the weekend who'd been to Malton, and they'd been in there and really enjoyed the uh, the tap. I think it's growing, it's growing on you, Nick, isn't it, Brass Castle? Uh, I would still, them, rather than going one of the truth pubs in town than a converted bag shop that sometimes you always struggle to find a seat in there. Which you know, I'm not saying for a pub to be busy, but I think they could improve their trade by going in somewhere yeah. a bit bigger and create some different areas as well. Because sometimes you can go in there, it's quite noisy simply because it's that one room. And if you get some slightly inebriated middle aged people in there, um, then yeah, they tend to be a bit loud. Yeah, you do wonder whether they got their implant. Because I mean, like you say, it's pretty regular, you know, it's pretty full most of the time, actually. You know, it's, it's, it's getting a bit of a venue now. What you say? I don't know what. There's, 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 there's certainly enough. There's certainly enough. Uh, no, I don't think you get fifty people in there not comfortably. But I mean, there's certainly enough traditional pubs that are still closed in town that are crying out to be opened up again. Yeah. It's just a, it's a hold of punch or enterprise, and also obviously the estate as well. So, but I mean, you know, the estate own uh, the Brass Castle premises, as far as I know. Yeah. It's handed them having the brewery behind. But I mean, they've got the gate straight yeah. next door to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's got a lot more potential. It's got rooms above, you know, if they really wanted to go and, you know, um, expand the business in that respect, they've got that. They've got the George diagonally across the road, uh, which is another pub that's still closed. Uh, and I've, I've always said the three breweries in town should take on the Golden Lion and have a little tap. Uh, because, I mean, that spot's been called closed for years and years and years. Yeah, you can't do food in there, but just as a wet pub, uh, get your three local breweries in there the bar's just about big enough to have a couple of from a couple of beers from each of the breweries in there, you know, just to have a conglomerate. That anybody coming to town wanting to know what the three breweries are like, then that's the place to go to. Um, but it just seems to be being used as a storeroom by the estate at the moment. Uh, you look through the windows, very sad and just stacked up with outdoor furniture yeah. and stuff like that. Like so, you do worry with that kind of that Georgian building, how long it's kind of you know how it yeah. can stand without people in it. Isn't yeah, which reminds me, do you know, do you remember you've been to, I've took you to Wellers, haven't I, in, in, in Newcastle? Wellers is a, again, it's, it's a former little dress shop that's now a little micro bar, but mm. they've also got the Wheel Brewery. Um, and they're just now, after eight years, they are, they're going to go and live in Spain and enjoy their, <laughs> their retirement. So they're, they're flogging mm. the bar and the pub, uh, sorry, the brewery, if anybody's interested. And um, they're award winning beers, they did nice little range of beers, nice little tap tap room. Um, and it's up for, I don't know how much they're asking for it. I'll have a look in the paper, but they've announced that this last couple of days that they are selling up, so they're going to stay for a year. They'll do a handover. So, if anybody wants to buy a quite nice little brewery in Staffordshire um, and a tap room in Newcastle, on the line, yeah, <laughs> come, come and have a look. 
Right, guys. So I think I say we'll catch up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so ching ching, happy drinking this weekend. Hopefully a bit more kind of back to normal now things are all kind of morning on. Nicholas' glass is empty. So we'll catch up Where? in a week or so's time. It was Thanks. only a little bottle. <laughs> I'll play the ukuleles. Bye. Oh, thank goodness it's broken. <laughs> the track's worn out. Hiya.